In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom also He made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty in heaven. So, He became as much superior to the angels as the name He has inherited is superior to theirs. It is not to angels that He has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor. And put everything under their feet. Psalm 8 4-6. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly I will sing your praises. Psalm 22:22, New International Version. Today is World Communion Sunday. We come to the Lord's table with awareness of Christian sisters and brothers throughout the world, in all nations, and in all the various traditions of Christianity. We may not all agree about a lot of things in the church and the Christian life. Yet, every Christian tradition, past and present, has and has observed communion around the Lord's table. It is a practice which binds us and reminds us of our unity with another. And that unity is focused and centered in Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Jesus is the person who holds us together. Jesus is the one in whom all the good promises of God are fulfilled. Today we remember Jesus, commune with Jesus, and express our hope in Jesus. We remember that Jesus was made perfect through suffering, and that we, too, experience spiritual formation through suffering. We commune with Jesus and one another because the cross of Christ achieved deliverance from spiritual estrangement and relational loneliness and gathered us into the one people of God. We hope with confident expectation, as we celebrate Jesus at the table along with all the saints everywhere, that Christ will return and take us to be with Him forever in glory. There will be no more suffering, no more pain, no more poverty, no more oppression, no more injustice. There will be complete faith, realized hope, and absolute love for all time and forever. Amen. Our past, present, and future all belong to Jesus. And we are not alone, for all Christians in every place from every race, ethnicity, class, and gender, whether they are Pentecostals in Puerto Rico, Anglicans in Africa, Catholics in Poland, Coptic Egyptians, or Orthodox Russians, the beautiful diversity of Christ's body comes together in harmonious unity at the Lord's table. It is this sacrament which raises our awareness of both solidarity with Christ and with all believers everywhere. The purpose of the Lord's table is to participate in the blessings of Christ by visually recreating the story of Jesus. There are three different terms for the table in the New Testament, and each term is meant to convey a different aspect of the table's significance. The Lord's Supper is a focus on remembrance, a memorial of Christ's death that is deeply reflective and contemplative. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the Master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the Master returns. You must never let familiarity breed contempt. 
Anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? Examine your motives, test your heart, come to this meal in holy awe. 1 Corinthians 11:26-28, MSG. The Eucharist literally means thanksgiving. The Lord's table as Eucharist means we celebrate Christ's victory over sin, death, and hell on our behalf. While they were eating, Jesus took a piece of bread, gave a prayer of thanks, Eucharist, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Take it, he said, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks to God, Eucharist, and handed it to them, and they all drank from it. Mark 14:22-23, GNT. Communion means to participate in Christ and with other Christians. This emphasizes that when we partake of the Lord's table, we ought to do so with unity and fellowship. We are more than individual Christians. We share in the Lord together as the community of the redeemed. When we drink from the cup that we ask God to bless, isn't that sharing in the blood of Christ? When we eat the bread that we break, isn't that sharing in the body of Christ? By sharing in the same loaf of bread, we become one body, even though there are many of us. 1 Corinthians 10:16-17, Sev. As we allow the table to be a remembrance, celebration, and participation with each other, we engage in a ritual that helps us to know Christ better. And we are better able to realize God's grace to us. Participating and sharing in communion is important because we can easily be fragmented and not fellowship with one another in a local church, as well as the worldwide church. The cross of Jesus Christ has ended division. The cross has brought us peace and reconciliation between God and others. The suffering of Jesus on the cross has restored a broken relationship between us and God, and also between one another. Therefore, there is to be no more ignoring one another, or brothers and sisters elsewhere, because we are one unified people around the good news of Jesus, enjoying solidarity with each other in both our joys and our sufferings. One awareness needed as we share in communion together is to be mindful of others. Not everyone is the same. We must avoid coming to the table expecting people to be the way we want them to be. Instead, we are to come because we have staked our souls on the fact that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and the church is the best place to be while we all struggle to figure out what that means. We come because we'd be hard-pressed to say which is the bigger of the two scandals of God, that He loves me, or that He loves everyone else. The Lord's table is the great leveler, where we all have equal footing and accept one another according to a common confession of Christ. Communion emphasizes participation in the body and blood of Christ, as well as participation with all Christians everywhere. Therefore, we are not alone. Communion means God is with us, and that Christ has so closely identified with us that He took our place on the cross. As a result, every believer in Jesus is linked to all the others so that, when one suffers or rejoices, all suffer or rejoice, whether it is a pastor down the street rejoicing over a newly saved soul, or a suffering Syrian Christian trying to survive in a refugee camp. Let us live up to what, and whom, we profess. Since we are God's forgiven people, we are to work at living the Christian life together. This unity is symbolized by partaking together of the same loaf of bread and drinking from a common cup. One Sunday, a group of missionaries and believers in Papua New Guinea were gathered to observe communion together. After one young man sat down, one of the missionaries recognized that he seemed to be quite upset. Then, after a while, the young man seemed to be fine. The missionary leaned over and whispered to him, What was it that troubled you? The young man replied, The man who just came in happens to be the man who killed and ate the body of my father. And now he has come in to observe communion with us. At first I didn't think I could do that. But it is all right now. He is washed in the same precious blood as I am. And so together they participated in Christian communion. We have peace because of Jesus. 
Christ's suffering and death has brought reconciliation not only between us and God, but between each other. As we approach the Lord's table, let us be aware not only of our personal relationship with God, but our relationships with one another in the local church, and our unity with the worldwide church. May our lives be shaped and formed around the cross of Jesus Christ, as we remember, celebrate, and participate together. Almighty and everlasting God, may this time we partake of the body and blood of Jesus unite us in the community of saints who know your love and proclaim your Son with fervor and grace to a broken and hurting world. May your healing hands be the salve for ending hurt and violence in this world, even as we prepare for the next. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.